ever been in the right place at the right time with the right people and good things happen? Raise your hand. Ever been in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong people and bad things happen? I, I remember me too, you know, um, uh, that's the way I met my wife. I didn't meet her at the pub. I was in the right place at church at the right time with the right people and the right things happened. And I want to encourage you today, kingdom timing is everything. And, um, and I think one of the greatest frustrations Christians have, whether they've been long in the faith or young adults or teenagers, is learning the timing of God in your life. And timing is everything. Just ask sports people. They, they work all year to work towards the Olympics or a certain golf tournament or to be prime fitness for the finals in a certain thing like rugby league or business that's quite often about timing. The share market can be about timing. So many things in life is about timing. And I want to speak on the, the subject tonight, kingdom timing. Can you say kingdom timing? Because all of us in this room have experienced perfect timing and we've all experienced bad timing. And I find many Christians are anxious about the future, about family, about who's going to be my life partner, what's going to happen with my employment, will there be an advancement in my career, in my job, or can I buy a house? Well, all these things are way on our minds. And I've found in life experience and in Scripture, God's timing is always perfect. And we can walk in favour when we put Him first in our lives. You know the Scripture, Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I love the Scripture. You see, if God created the universe, He can provide the school fees for your kids. If God spoke the planets into existence, He can give you a job or a house. That's easy for God to add things to your life. He's a miracle-working God. What's hard for God to find is a generation will seek Him first. And if we seek God, I'm telling you, every time I put God first, He adds things to my life. And I seek Him and His righteousness because God's timing is perfect. But I don't know about you, I get impatient. Come on, the rest of you, are you a bunch of liars? Remember, God is God. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. In the book of Galatians, it says that in the fullness of time, Jesus came. Galatians 4.4 says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the Lord. See, God sent His Son not too early, not too late. Jesus Christ was born in Bethlehem in the fullness of time, God's perfect timing. Maybe you did this in your New Testament survey, but you talk about Jesus and in history, and history tells us that Jesus came in the fullness of time, and there was two, two, two kingdoms that came before Jesus. First, there was the Greek the Greeks came and they basically brought a language of trade all around the Mediterranean. And so you spoke your local language and maybe Persian or Aramaic, but you also spoke Greek, which is the language of education and the language of trade. And so you could communicate with everyone around them. Then after the Greeks came, the Italians, the Romans, they came, they saw, they concreted. They built roads all around there and they brought law and order and they brought empire. So if you were a Roman citizen, you could travel all over the known world in safety if you were a Roman citizen. At that very moment, after the Greeks came and the Romans came, Jesus comes. So he lives a life of three years of ministry, powerful. He dies upon the cross. He rises in the church, his birth. And guess what? The gospel can travel because it's written in Greek. And everyone in the whole known world, no matter what nationality, can understand the scriptures because they're born and read in Greek. And then also the gospel can spread all through the known world because the Romans have brought order. And, and Paul the apostle had Roman citizenship. You see, God's timing is always perfect in your life. 
God's timing is perfect. I said this yesterday, but oh, I sometimes get frustrated that new Christians get their prayers answered immediately. And as we're getting a bit older in our faith, sometimes it takes a long time. We've got this guy, he's an Iranian guy, his name's Muhammad. He got saved a couple of years ago in our church. And the first year, every Sunday, he'd be at the church door telling me a testimony after church. Passport, passport, passport. Oh, it's so awesome. I've just been praying for a place for accommodation while I'm studying UQ. And, and last week after church, I was praying and someone offered me student accommodation. It's just a miracle. Thank you, passport. I love this church. Next week, Muhammad comes. Passport, passport. Got a great testimony. I was praying for a part-time job and I got a part-time job. I'm working at Guzman and Gomez. It's, it's fantastic while I'm at uni. That's awesome. I'm next week. Passport, passport. You wouldn't believe it. I got a car. Someone gave me a car. I've been praying for a car. It's awesome. Oh, that's fantastic. And then the next week, passport, passport. You wouldn't believe I've got my permanent residency. God's answered my prayer. This is fantastic. That's fantastic, Mum. Then the next pastor, Paul, I'm praying for a wife. Hang on, Muhammad. Just calm down there, buddy. You know, and we get a little bit longer in our faith, and sometimes we pray and it takes time. God is slow. God is old. Let's face it, he's the ancient of days, but he's always on time. His timing is perfect. You just may not understand it yet. Understanding the principle of God's kingdom time in your life is imperative for you having joy and peace in your life. I'm going to turn this scripture. You know it well. Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1. It says this. I love this scripture from the New Living Translation. For everything there is a season, a time for activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away, a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away. That's what I always fear when I leave home for a weekend of ministry, that my wife is a minimalist. She'll go through my stuff. She'll go, does this bring you joy? And throws it out, you know. And um, hopefully I've got things back at my house when it gets back. She just throws everything out. I like to keep things. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. What do people really get for all their hard work? I've seen the burden God has placed on us all. This is the key verse, verse 11. Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has planted an attorney in the heart's but even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from the beginning to the end. That's amazing. See, sometimes we get all stressed and we're freaking out. God, where are you in that circumstance? And you're just seeing street view, Google street view of your life right now. But God's looking from a different perspective. I shared yesterday with the, with the leaders that we've got a church in Hong Kong and I love it because it's on the 75th floor. But quite often when I'm in Hong Kong, I get lost very easily because there's so many skyscrapers. And I usually go to this one train station called Chim Sao Choi and it's got about 28 exits and they're all in Chinese. So sometimes you're coming out of the exit and you just come out the wrong one. But the, there's so many people in the street, sometimes you want to go that way and you just, the crowd's taking you this way and it's easy to get lost because the building's all so high. But it's amazing when I'm on street, I can't get perspective. But when I'm on the 77th floor preaching, and I love it, it's a glass pyramid. I can see eagles flying past. On a good day, I can see into the new territories in mainland China and I get perspective of where I am because I'm seeing from another level. Sometimes you get discouraged and downcast, but you're just seeing from street level. But God says here, he sees your life from beginning to end, the scope of God's work in your life. Verse 12. So I concluded, there's nothing better than to be happy. Come on, Christians. Enjoy yourself as long as we can. 
and people should eat and drink. Praise God, that's what we're going to do after service tonight. Joy the fruits of their labour. These are the gifts from God. Verse 14, I know that whatever God does is final. Nothing can be added to it or taken from it. God's purpose is that we should fear Him. What has happened now has happened before. Wow. And what will happen in the future has happened before because God makes the same things happen over and over again. Kingdom timing is powerful. We see it in the life of Joseph, all the seasons that he goes through. He had a dream from God at the beginning, but it took about 28 years for him to have the maturity to see that gift fulfilled in his life. Kingdom timing is powerful in the life of David. He was anointed to be king of Israel as a teenager by Samuel, but he wasn't ready. He had to defeat Goliath, the lion, the bear. Then he was playing the harp for King Saul. He was learning how it was to live in the palace as a servant, not as a king. Then the Saul tried to kill him and he was living as a, a vagabond. He was living as an outlaw and all the crazy people came to him in the cave of Abdullah. And then 20 something years later, he finally becomes king. I'm telling you, as soon as I got anointed from Samuel, like, okay, I'm going to be king. Let's make this happen. God's timing quite often is different to our timing. But God's kingdom timing is always powerful. Think about it. Daniel, Peter, Paul, Esther, all these characters in the Bible. I remember years ago, I took on a church in, in Brisbane and it was really struggling and there was this youth pastor there and, and, I, and I said to him after being there for six months, let's have coffee. I said, how are you going? He goes, oh, great. I said, how are you feeling? I said, good. He said, I said, what's your dream in life? He goes, my dream is to go to Mumbai and plant a church. I said, that's the same as me. He goes, can I go next year? I said, you're not ready yet. As you think it's going to be hard planting a church in Brisbane? Imagine what's like planting in Mumbai. And you know, we talk about it every year. And he was growing in maturity. He became a campus pastor. He was a youth pastor. He was an administrator. He was the Bible college principal. And then finally, after about 10 years, I said, you know, I just feel it's time. He goes, I feel it's time too. And then he went to Mumbai and planted a church. And it was amazing. And he said, Paul, if I'd gone early, it wouldn't have made that a handle. It's been such a spiritual battle. I wasn't ready yet, but God's kingdom timing is perfect. Maybe you're not ready for the dream that God's given you. Well, keep preparing. Keep growing. Keep serving. It's so important. God's kingdom timing is perfect. But I find many Christians give up before they see the fulfillment of their dreams. They give up before they see the God-given promises come to pass. You know the scripture, Galatians 6, 9 says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good, what is right. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing. If what? We do not give up. So I want to encourage you, maybe you're looking at things in your life from your timing, but God sees your life from the beginning to the end, and He's got you right in the perfect place. You're in the right church, in the right city, in the right connect group, in the right service, in the right marriage, with the right relatives, all the crazy relatives, in the right job at the right time. Can I have an amen? So I want to give you a couple of keys on kingdom time before we close. Number one is this, keys on kingdom timing. Some people are so future-focused, they're paralyzed for today. Some people are so future-focused, they're paralyzed for today. Ever met a total dreamer, lost in the future, that right now they're no earthly good? They're going to do something. Going to do it. I'm going to be a missionary, so I'm just waiting for God, this lightning bolt to hit me, and it's all going to happen. I've still got guys sitting in the back row of my church telling me they're going to be a missionary, but they won't serve in kids' church. They won't do ushering in the car park. And I've sent people all over the nations because they're so focused on the future, they're not seeing the opportunity right here now to serve God and grow in God. Ecclesiastes says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. You can't just focus on the destination. You need to realize that God's developing you on the journey. He's more interested in who you become for him 
than the destination he wants to take you to. And I don't know about Judas, but I, I'm, I love road trips. Come on, who likes a good road trip? Who hates road trips? See, I love road trips. My wife's not a big road trips fan, but praise God, through COVID, road trips came back in fashion. And so I remember one time we were about to have, um, we wanted to go to Hillsong Conference and and so I said, Joe, we're not flying this year. I want a car. We're going to drive to Parramatta. And so I'd worked it all out from Brisbane to Parramatta. I was going to do it in 11 hours. I'd worked out we're going to stop for five minutes here and refuel and get some food. And, and I just love it. And I worked it out on the map. You know, this is before we had Google Maps. You know, you used to work it out on the map. The best fights in our marriage were those flipping map books, you know, D497, you know. And so if you're over 40, you know what I'm talking about. But anyway, so, so I planned. And so the only thing I didn't take into consideration that Joe was seven months pregnant. So we're flying down on my Commodore towards the Gold Coast and she goes, I've got to go to the bathroom. I said, no, you don't. We're not stopping till Ballon. I've worked this out. I've got a plan. We're going to get there in 11 hours and 32 minutes. And then she goes, no, no, I need to go to the bathroom now. And I was smiling on the outside, but I was getting a bit ticked off and angry on the inside. She stopped at the services there and she went to the bathroom, got some drink. And I was thinking, five minutes, I've got to make up time now. And God, and she, don't you speed. I'm not speeding. And so we're driving down there. And then literally we're at nearly Kingscliff, I've got to go to the bathroom again. And I'm like, no, you can't need to go to the bathroom. She goes, I need to go to the bathroom again. I need something to eat. So I'm pulled off again and I'm, I'm smiling on the outside, but I'm, I'm, I'm fuming on the inside because I've got a goal. We're going to get a destination in 11 hours, 10 hours, 32 minutes. I want to get to Paramount. And now my plan's totally out of whack. So we drive another hour. We haven't even got to Ballina yet. And she goes, I need to go to the bathroom again. And I'm just like smiling on the outside furious on the inside and she says stop right there she said you can be angry about this whole trip and you can be thinking about the destination or you can have a total different mindset think about it for the next 12 14 16 hours you have the incredible privilege of sitting next to your wonderful wife and having amazing conversations and I'm thinking you know what I hate it when she's right (laughs) see God's not just interested in destination but who you become on the journey Second thing is this, some people are so so now focused, they have no vision for their future. The book of Proverbs says, without a vision, people perish, or without a vision, people dwell carelessly, or without a vision, people cast off restraint. We're living in a generation plagued with that mentality. I don't know what the future's going to be. I'll never buy a house, so I'm just going to party now, avocado and toast every morning. Some seniors like that. I don't know what the future's going to be. i just get grey nomads, spend the inheritance, let's go for it. But they're living with carelessness because they've got no vision. for the future. It's amazing. I remember my, my wife was a really big spender until we got engaged. And it was amazing how focused we became because we had vision for the future about our budget to get married and to buy a home. Vision brings order. Vision brings discipline into your life. There's a generation says party now because we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I've seen it many times in church. I see young people come through the youth group and they're on fire for God. They find their life partner in church and we're so blessed that we can be part of that process to see their family. And they're on fire. They want to see Jesus change the whole world. They get married and turn into 50-year-olds overnight. They just want to see the world saved. Now the highlight of the weekend is going to Bunnings and buying a letterbox. There's nothing wrong with that. There's no vision for the future. God has a plan for your life. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for good, not for disaster, give you hope and a future. And having vision is not an age thing. 
my uh, PA last year or a couple of years back came and told me this story of his great-grandmother lives in Sherwood in Brisbane. And, she, and he said, his great-grandma said, Matt, would you help me buy a new... She wanted an 80-inch TV to watch the Big Bash. She loves cricket. She's 90. So he goes and helps his great-grandmother go down to JB Hi-Fi at Cinnamon Park. And there's this 16-year-old, 7-year-old kid trying to sell her this TV. And it, it's a big 80-inch TV. He's trying to sell her the five-year extended warranty. Great, Granny, you can pay $250 extra, get the five-year extended. Now, Matt saying, Granny, it comes with 12 months, comes with automatically with 12 months warranty. Do you really want the five-year extended warranty? She goes, she has this massive fight with her grandson in JB Hive saying, I want, I want the five-year extended warranty. Last Easter, she died at 96. She had vision for the future. She wanted the extended warranty. I'm telling you, we can be 18 and have no vision. You can be 18 and be filled with vision. And, and you say, Paul, well, I don't know. Well, well, you know, maybe ask God for vision for your future. Third thing about kingdom timing is this. Some people are so focused on the past, they miss their now opportunity. Some people are so focused on the past, they miss, the, they miss what God's doing right here, right now. Well, 2028, or 2018, sorry, God did this and was so awesome. Nothing can ever compare with that in 2018. Well, God's a God of new things. You think about it. I love Amazing Grace, but God's up in heaven going, oh, I've heard it billions of times. Can you just come up with something new and creative? I want to encourage you tonight. Have you ever met someone in church stuck in 1996 when they got divorced? Or they were hurt in 2004 and they're stuck looking backwards in pain. Yes, the pain was real. God wants to heal you. But if you're stuck looking back, you can't see the opportunity right here in front of you. It might be hurt or offence or unforgiveness or failure or sin. Maybe God's forgiven you, but you haven't forgiven yourself. And you're stuck looking back, but God says, come on, there's opportunity right here, right now. New things that I want to do in your life. Philippians 3.12 says, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things that I've already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection with which Christ Jesus first possessed me. What is he saying? I was saved for a purpose. No, dear brothers and sisters, I've achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past, forgetting the good things, forgetting the bad things, forgetting the past and pressing on to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. I remember my dad was turning 60. My dad immigrated from Holland when he was 12 years of age with his whole family and he'd never been back to Holland. So me and my two brothers thought, this is an awesome thing. Why don't we buy these tickets for mum and dad to go for two weeks to Holland? And we had this big 60th birthday party and at the end, I'm the oldest, so I'm like, my two brothers there, we're like, dad, we love you, you're awesome, dad, and we just want to give you a gift. And we're thinking, what incredible sons we are. A gift for your mum to go to Holland for two weeks. And this is what my dad said, that's the most stupidest idea I've ever heard. He goes, all my memories of Holland are awful. After the war, living in a refugee camp, living in a tent for six years, being in absolute poverty. And he said, we came to Australia. It was the best thing ever happened to us. We got saved in Australia. All my kids are in Australia. He said, don't buy me tickets to Holland. Buy me a caravan so I can go on a road trip around Australia as a grey nomad. He said, this is what my dad said. I've chosen to forget that chapter of pain in my life. 
I'm embracing my future as an Australian in this nation. And lastly, kingdom timing. Everything we do now is preparation for tomorrow's destiny. Some of you are doing a university degree going, I don't even really like this. Just finish it. Firstly, to honour your parents. And then secondly, to complete it. Oh, I've got lots of my friends who are in ministry that were engineers and pilots and do different things, but God uses everything to prepare you for your future. If you're a teenager at home, mum says, I want to clean your room, clean your room. You're preparing for your destiny. Oh, but I'm protecting the carpet. It's a horizontal wardrobe. Mum doesn't have to vacuum. Like, clean your room. If you've got a part-time job, be honourable to you. If you're playing sport, all these things are preparing you for tomorrow's destiny. Serving in the church are preparing you for tomorrow's destiny. I'll close with this. When I was uh, in, uh, my dad was a school teacher. He was a cabinet maker, then he became a woodwork, graphic design teacher. And, and my dad was one of those guys who was always about a learning, teaching moment. It used to drive me and my brothers crazy. And, and every time, he wanted me to get involved in everything at my high school. I went to a government high school. I was in the brass band. I was in the football team, the cricket team, student council. I did all those things. My dad said, take every opportunity and grow. And so one day I got this invitation from the principal of our high school in country Victoria saying, would you be involved in this program? And I just put it in the round filing cabinet at the bin. My dad came home and picked it out of the bin. goes, wow, Paul, this looks fantastic. The Participation and Equity Program, PEP, what's with teachers and acronyms, okay? This looks fantastic. You should be a part of this. And I'm like, Dad, it sounds boring. I'm like, he said, no, no, three times a year you're going to go to Melbourne on the train, spend three days in Melbourne, have a conversation about education, making rural education. This has been, all I heard was Melbourne, I'm in, okay? trip to Melbourne. So I remember doing this participation equity program and we got all these country kids and came down to Melbourne. We had this discussion about how education could be made better. I was about 15 years of age and then we got back home and, and at the end of it, I got one of those beautiful certificates you get at school, photocopied green. Paul Geeling, 1986, has successfully completed the participation equity program and had a signature on it and I put it in the filing cabinet. Well, years later, I'm in Adelaide. I've just finished Bible college there's a chaplaincy role going in the local high school. In South Australia that time, there'd never been a Pentecostal chaplain, only Baptist, United Church. My senior pastor goes, Paul, you should go for that job. I'm like, I don't want to go for that job. And I was 19. Have you ever tried to put together a resume when you're 19? There's nothing to put in it. And I put together a CV and I'm, I'm looking through my file and kept trying to find things. First aid certificate from St. John's. I'm putting anything in there. Then I come across this green certificate, participation program, put that in there. I'm in the interview to be a chaplain. I'm 19. There's a Catholic priest, there's an Anglican priest, and there's an unsaved principal of the school. And they're looking through, and you know when the interview's not going well. He's like, have you been educated? And I'm an Anglican priest. Have you done a theology degree? No, 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 just at my local college. It's not even accredited, but it's been excellent, you know. And I can just tell the interview's going like that until the principal's flicking through my portfolio, which is about five pages. And she stops and goes, wow, wow, wow. Paul, were you involved in the participation and equity program? I said, I love that program. It was amazing. She goes, here in South Australia, I was the state coordinator of the participation and equity program. I loved it. We brought kids from all the country towns, Mount Gambia and Wyala and Port Pirie, and we talk about how we can make education in the rural areas so good. And she turns to the Catholic priest and goes, on this alone, I'm employing him right here, right now. He's got the job. I love the participation and equity program. Everything you do now is preparation for the future. 
And lastly, kingdom timing, right time, right place, right people, right attitude. Attitude's a powerful force. On the day of Pentecost, they were in one place and one accord and a wind and fire came. When we get unity and alignment in this place, anything can happen. The amazing thing was there was 500 people that heard the command from Jesus, go to Jerusalem, wait. But 380 of them got busy and distracted. And there was 120 just kept the promise, seeking God, praying. And then the wind came and an individual flame of fire came upon them and the church was birthed and we're a part of that fruit right here, right now. And I want to encourage you. Attitude is so important. And I want to encourage you today. Like that scripture said in Ecclesiastes, God knows your life from the beginning to the end. And I just felt this. Could you close your eyes for a moment? Could I have all the musicians and singers come? I just felt it's a very unusual sermon to do. It's a little more of a morning sermon, but I felt the speaker because there was young adults and there was adults and there was seniors. And some of you are disappointed. Some of you are frustrated. Some of you are full of anxiety. And you know what ultimately it is? You just got to trust God. His timing is perfect. Everything is made beautiful in His time. Ever tried to push something? Man, it's a lot of effort. Unless the Lord builds a house, we labour in vain. You can't push relationships. You can't hurry grief. But God's timing is perfect. And I want to tell you, He loves you so much. He sent me from Brisbane today to share this message with you and say, hey, take a deep breath. You're in the will of God. You're in the right church with the right senior pastors in the right suburb, in the right family, in the right job, right here, right now, you're in the will of God. And God says, would you just trust me? Because my timing is perfect. Look at me for one moment, everyone in this room. Raise your hand if God's ever answered a prayer. What a great God. Put your hands down, class. Raise your hand if God's ever healed you when you prayed. Raise your hand if God's ever financially provided for you. Raise your hand if God's ever protected you from danger or your own stupidity. (laughs) Raise your hand if God's ever given you wisdom for major life decisions. Well, why are we doubting Him? Why are we getting frustrated? Why are we getting anxious? Why are we getting angry? God's timing is perfect. And I say that, I feel it, I felt it all week in this church. This church is at the perfect timing to go to a whole nother season, a whole nother level. Couldn't happen last year. Couldn't happen the year before, but it's going to happen now. Because when God brings momentum to stuff, when God breathes on stuff, it's just His timing. Like, I, there was years in our church, we, I did all the right things and nothing, we went backwards. And other years I did the exact same things and everything just went, because God's timing is perfect. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, say, Paul, I just, I've been impatient with God. If that's you, just lift your hands to Him. Awesome. Yeah, he loves you. It's okay. We're all, we've all been guilty of it at times. But he just wants you to trust him. There's others here, and I just really feel this. You're anxious about the future. You worry. You play over scenarios in your head in bed at night about family and business and fear because sometimes can grip you. You're anxious. Come on. If that's you today, just lift your hand all over this place. Awesome. God's going to lift that burden. Put your hand down. There's other here, and you, you feel discouraged because... You thought something would have happened quicker. And it's taken a lot. You think about it, Joseph must have got frustrated. 
David must have, well, God, you anointed me. How come I'm not king yet? In fact, as soon as you gave me that prophecy, Lord, anointed me king, everything's gone opposite to what your word said. But God's plan, God's word never comes back forward. And there's people here, and I reckon you've given up on some promises and dreams that God's given to you. But his timing is perfect. And God's stirring something up again tonight, saying, come on, believe, 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 believe. If that's you, you say, you know what? I've, I've given up on some promises, but I feel the spirit of God stirring my heart for some dreams and promises I haven't thought about or prayed about for a long time. If that's you, just raise your hand in this place. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Can we all stand to our feet? Can we stand to our feet? All I know is God is good. All I know is God is faithful. Especially for some of the people here that have been in faith for a long time, they can tell you seasons come and go. And if you hang around and you're faithful, the word of the Lord will come to pass. That's what I love about your, your movement leader, Pastor Phil Pringle. I'm telling you, he's seen seasons. He's gone through some storms. He's seen some victories. But if you just keep being faithful, keep serving, keep loving God, loving the house of God, you just see massive things happen in your life for the glory of God. This is what I feel to do. We're going to just sing one chorus of that song, if that's all right, and then we're going to pray. But I just want you to lift your hands towards the Lord right now. Because I don't know the position you're in, but I can just declare the word of the Lord tonight. His timing is perfect. All things are made beautiful in His time. So bless your people, Lord. Bless your people, God. Let them feel strength of the Spirit of God and the Word of God in their life. Come on, let's just sing this chorus one time before we pray. Thanks, God.